Welcome to On the Rise, Baker's Journal's podcast for the busy baker. With me in studio today is Jason Gray of Erex, and we're going to be discussing a pretty contentious subject. We're going to be talking about what is clean label and what it means for your bakery and how you could market uh, towards it. Thank you so much for coming in today, Jason. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So let's try to unpack the word clean label. Uh, what does it mean for ingredient producers or pretty much anyone in the food industry, really? Yeah, as you mentioned, you open up uh, a very large can of worms on clean label because there is uh, a lot of, still a lot of vagueness, I think, and uncertainty as to what clean label means. Uh, we know that uh, clean label kind of indicates sort of simple, trusted, wholesome ingredients. And I think because of the nature of Edex and the type of business we have where we, um, we sell both to your local baker right up to your industrial baker, there's sort of a divergence there in the sense that the industrial baker is looking to have any sort of chemicals removed. So you're talking about things like propionates or, or oxidants or emulsifiers and things like that that, that maybe you know, your standard baker wouldn't see. Because we all grew up with the notion that you know, a typical bread is, is what? It's flour. It's... It's yeast, it's salt, it's sugar, and water know, maybe, and yeah. a little bit of water, yeah. and off you go, right? So you know, if you're talking about your, I guess when clean label comes up, you're thinking about maybe your, what would your home baker make, and could they could they feasibly make that? Now, um, the challenge with that is, is of course when we're talking about large industrial and retail scenarios, is is shelf life and freshness and all those things, and so. Clean label can be a great thing, but it can also be a very challenging thing for, for um, your average bakery or retailer to be able to put good product on the shelves. Right. I, I mean, for instance, there's a lot of concern where consumers are looking at free from in their labels, which may mean anything from free from artificial coloring or artificial flavorings. But I've seen some undue, unnecessary panic over words as simple as citric acid. Some will see the word acid and become alarmed, and it really just means lemon juice. So how could a baker get around some of the labeling issues? Um, do you think it's a matter of vocabulary, or is it marketing and public awareness of what uh, certain emulsifiers or you know, dough conditioners like citric acid would, would do? You know, there, there was some correlation between bromates and it being a cancer-causing agent in the bakery business. So there was a real push in the bakery business to start to remove those things. And I think what happens is when people see some of these ingredients that they're not familiar with, it, it lends them to be skeptical of a product. But what, what the consumer has to understand is, again, if you're... You know, if you're feeding a family of four and you want to buy some bread and you want to make sure that you can make sandwiches for your family for the entire week, you're not going to be able to just buy that, you know, loaf of bread uh, every single day. You want to have a loaf of bread that lasts. So, so people have to come to understanding that there, there are critical ingredients in there that, uh, that don't have any negative impacts on the consumer. It just allows for you to have a fresher loaf of bread over a, a period of time frame. But when, you, when people see things that are multisyllabic, mono and diglycerides and things, I think that, you know, the people hit the panic button. And, and uh, I think it's about sort of just having some awareness and taking the time to realize that these, these products do have a, a viable impact. And we are seeing a more trend towards enzymes and enzymes being more of a solution and it seems as though that the consumer is more accepting of enzymes but um, you know again it's it's all level of interpretation I think. Yeah I, I mean interpretation is key. Um, do you think that uh, perhaps if a bakery had launched a sort of education program or a marketing campaign that would aim to 
educate consumers. Would that help or do you think it would hinder the business in any way? I think it's just important for the baker to, to have that communication with its customers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of bakers trying to sort of preach the all-natural thing, of course. And so the, and, but there is still some gaps there because the industry doesn't see clean label and organic and natural all as the same thing. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, variables that go in there. But um, I mean, your traditional baker, they're always going to want to hedge towards having something that is like we talked about early on. You know, your flour, salt, sugar, yeast, you know, water. Uh, that's that's really what makes them unique. And then they use you know sourdoughs or other different flours and things like that. Uh, they use malts, obviously, to add some taste and aroma, and that allows them to create sort of their own clean label product with some bit of variety to it. But as I say, when we're talking about the industrial level retail bakery side of things you, you are you're still in a situation where clean label is something that has to be more defined i think mm-hmm. for instance just sort of extrapolating a little bit more about your discussion on say enzymes and their use you know what sort of examples have you seen where this was really successful in trying to sway a customer towards an enzyme rich food yeah we've just been very active in terms of trying to utilize enzymes more and removing some of the other chemical products within our, our mixes and bases today. Uh, enzyme technology has come leaps and bounds over the last 10 or 15 years and so there's you know a variety of different uh, enzyme technologies out there that can allow to increase softness, increase freshness and allow bakeries to get you know three four days out of a, out of a bake product, i.e. a bread, mm-hmm. and, and still have that freshness and softness that you had on the first day that you would have on the third or fourth day. So it's, it, is a, it is great to have that technology, and I think the, the important thing about enzymes is, is that uh, they, 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 have a, they have multiple usage and they have multiple functionalities, and so as a baker, um, you know, it's a really unique product that, that helps them get to their goals. Yeah, so jumping back a little bit to, you did mention that the industry does have a little bit, I mean, they're obviously very different sort of viewpoints, the use of the word organic or (laughs) natural and the word free from or healthy. There's a bit of a health halo around a lot of products and organic itself is broken down into completely organic, USDA organic and so on. How can you break that down or um, clarify this a little bit for the starting baker? Wow, that is a challenging topic. Uh, Organic, I think, again, as you sort of alluded to, has a bunch of different definitions. And so it's really hard to be specific about organic. Uh, As you say, within the North American region, what we understand organic to be is that about 95% of your product has to be organic, which means they haven't been grown in any pesticides or things like that. But you still have a 5% uh, variable, so i.e. your citric acids or ascorbic acids, other products like that that may not necessarily be organically grown, can be added to the formulations and still allow it to be called organic. Uh, and so that's, I think that's something that the industry is still trying to embrace. Uh, when you talk about organic, uh, because we're a European-based company, they do much of what they do is organic. So there's, uh, you know, it's very much sort of, sort of the norm, I would say, I guess, in the European marketplace. You know, they're trying their best to, to remove things like sulfites and different other allergens and things like that as well that help to, to kind of give you exactly that, you know, purest and cleanest of products. But organic is an interesting uh, avenue because 
I think that what happens with organic is there's an extreme cost level that comes that makes it somewhat prohibitive for the baker to you know, make product and, and be profitable because they, they have to pay so much more for the organic. So it's an interesting trend in, in some ways because uh, I think co consumers want it, but then when they see the price tag that comes with organic, they're a little bit less inclined. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, where do you see that going in the future? Do you think that uh, organic will peak and then go back to where it was before people were more concerned about labels, or do you think it will normalize and the prices may stabilize? Yeah, I think it's going to, I think it peaks. I mean, this is just my personal take on it. I think it peaks, I think, with the, you know, the growth of clean label and, and if we ever get to a point where we're defining natural in, in the proper context, that you'll see more of that and organic may not necessarily be as, as, as prevalent for consumers. But of course, everybody's wanting to, you know, have less pesticides and, you know, and less fertilizers and things like that that they feel might be, you know, negative health benefits um, to the consumer. So there, I think we're always trending and trying to, to do things better and more effectively. But for me, I see organic as being sort of a flat-lined um, trend and, and it'll always be in the marketplace, um, but I don't see it as something that's going to grow exponentially over the period of time. Before we sign off, I'll ask, were there any other points or questions that you would like to bring up? Or were there any topics that you think that we've missed? I think one of the interesting um, things that's happening in the bakery industry is a trend towards wellness. And so we're very excited. We're, we're in the process right now, um, this spring, of launching a, a wellness line from, from EDX here in North America. So we're going to be launching a, a product called Active D, which is enriched with uh, vitamin D. And then we're also launching a product called Body Plus, which has uh, enrichment of magnesium, calcium, vitamin E, and fiber. So those seem to be some things that are on the trend where people are, are gravitating towards buying bread still. Um, all the data that we see is that the millennials and Gen Y, Gen Zs are, are into bread. They're into maybe just reducing their portions, and but they also like the notion of being able to drive something healthy from it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to put a lot of focus, I think, over the next period of time in sort of developing more of these wellness uh, brands and seeing them start to grow within the, the marketplace. Well, thank you so much for coming into the studio today. This is On the Rise, Baker's Journal podcast for the busy baker. And I'm Naomi Saben, and with me today was Jason Gray of Erex. Thank you, and have a great day. Mm -hmm.